actor, author, certified life coach, encourager, family man, dynamic inspirational speaker, and so much more. Welcome to my podcast, Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. All right, welcome to another episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Listen, I'm glad you're joining me yet again. I'm so excited about this episode. It is titled, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. And you'll see why, because I have a a, a dope, really, really dope. And for those who are like, what is dope? Okay, a really talented and skilled guest that is just so fly. And I'm excited to have him on. We've been working at this for a minute. So it's happening right now. And you are going to be blessed with this message. I promise you, someone say, There is a method to your journey. There is a method to your journey. So we're going to get to that. But before we get started with that, I want to introduce to you a new segment. You know, I love segments. You know, you know how we do it here. So have you heard? All right, so the have you heard segment today is going to highlight one of my childhood used to be favorites, and I'm going to be very transparent as I always keep it. I didn't even know it was still airing. But after 25 years, yes, that's a long time, right? 25. Author and the whole gang, they are wrapping it up. The final season will air in the winter of 2022. Now, I was a little heartbroken after Caillou left air after 20 years, but now author is leaving us as well. So PBS, you did a great job. I I don't know if I'm ready for author to leave yet, even though I know he was still kicking it. But what I can say is he's definitely blessed a lot of lives, including mine. I had to, I, that's the only way I knew what an artwork was or whatever thing is called. I don't even know if I even know it anymore, but he, he lives, okay? He lives. So don't judge me, all right? I'm just keeping it real. So it is now currently, I ain't say it's going to always be, but currently the longest running children's animated series in the history of American TV. So shout out to all the creators and all of those who contributed to the years of author. And I'm hoping for a great season. And if you didn't know, now you know. So that is our segment of Have You Heard? And we're going to move on because I'm super excited about this moment. Um <clears throat> This is our Get Your Positivity segment. And so for our Get Your Positivity segment, we're going to focus on the subject of can't stop, won't stop. And I actually have a pretty awesome guest, as I told you. And that guest is Mr. Filet. And so if you don't know him, If you haven't seen him, that means you're not on TikTok. That means you're not, you know, following the right handles. That means you're missing out on some creative genius. That just means you're missing out on a big personality, a dancer, a choreographer. He is all of that and above. He's going to tell you that he's probably not, but I've seen it. All right. I've seen it. And I would show you, but the fact that people are listening, they're not going to be able to get what I wanted to show. So I'm going to hold back on that. You'll get all the information on how to 
find him and all those details a little later. But I would like to welcome this creative genius in entertainment and all things entertainment. I'm telling you, he's he's something to watch. I, I ain't going to lie. Filet, welcome to Get Your Positivity. What's up, Get Your Positivity? How y'all doing? Thanks for having me. <laughs> You know, let, let's chat because, you know, you're an entrepreneur. Um, you've taken some risks in your life. You've taken some chances on you, um, even when people probably were counting you out. And I know a lot of the people that are tuning in and watching and listening. I know that I have some people who are looking for how to maneuver in their next move. They're looking to get inspired again after being in a pandemic and being so locked down and and not knowing what your next move was going to be. Sometimes it, it takes you somewhere else mentally. And so I want to really bring people back. I want people to get inspired again. And I know that your journey and your story is going to do the trick. It's going to spark something in someone. And like I always say, this may not be for all of you. But for those who it's for, you will get what you need if you pay attention and then apply what you have learned. So with that being said, Filet, I want you to tell the people who you are. I gave my rendition, but I'm pretty sure you're going to tell them something a little different. So who is Filet? What does Filet do? Is Filet really your name? Like, tell us, who are you? Who are we dealing with right now on this episode? What's up, y'all? So my like creative name is Philae, but my actual name is Philip Johnson. I'm a 26-year-old Black gay filmmaker out here in Los Angeles. So I'm a producer, actor, writer, director, content creator, and just kind of all-around creative and business owner. So yeah, that's pretty much... Oh, I'm trying to think. Did I miss anything? What else should I say? I'm the CEO of Philae Films Incorporated, my own uh, entertainment production company, and we especially focus in producing TV shows and films. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. All right, you 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 did you did justice. I'll let you live with, with that. So on this episode, I really wanna focus in on your journey because you're in an industry where there are so many people aspiring or want to be or creating and and you've i would like to think that you've been successful at what you do but i know it takes work to get there so when did you know that this was the industry for you so it's funny because growing up uh i had a couple of creative experiences as a kid like i was a uh, star of a couple of our like little school plays in elementary school in second and fourth grade. But I grew up an athlete and student first. And so because the athletic schedule is so demanding, I really didn't take creativity like too seriously. And because I couldn't draw and wasn't good at painting and coloring in the lines, I didn't think of myself as a creative at all. So I majored in business at University of Michigan. And when I uh, got there, I actually signed a letter of intent to run on the track team, was running on the track team freshman year. And I ended up quitting because I had been running, doing sports for like, you know, 13 years. And I, I just was ready for something different. And they had these runway fashion organizations on campus in the black community at Michigan. So freshman year, when I quit, I started modeling for those. There would be the runway shows. And I really enjoyed that. And I was like, huh, maybe some of what I enjoyed about track was the adrenaline of like the performance aspect somewhat. So I really enjoyed that. And then by my senior year, I actually was the finance uh, producer for one of the runway fashion shows on campus and was in charge of raising like $45,000 
uh, in college for us to put on this show. And I really was, we weren't even being paid for it. It was a student organization, but I was having such a fun time doing it that when it came time to graduate, uh, I actually was going to be getting my master's of accounting at Michigan right after. But then I ended up deciding that, you know, I really just wanted to move to New York and instead, per, like, try to find a way to merge my business degree with my creative interests. Because when that runway fashion or when that year of the executive board ended, I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? with you know the rest of my life. So that's when I knew I wanted to be in the media, entertainment, creative industry. But I knew that I'm not a fashion guy. That just was like the outlet they had on campus for us. But I knew that I just had to find something for me. So originally I thought I would just be on the finance end of the industry. But then when I graduated, moved to New York, got a job working in finance at Ralph Lauren, um, I started a blog and started writing. And, Around that time, I knew that, you know, I just was experimenting with some creative stuff, but it still kind of was like, all right, where exactly is this going? So then the next year in 2018, uh, I started my YouTube channel and I was just the first month I was doing it. You know, I was just experimenting with random little videos, but then I dropped the first episode of what ended up being my web series that kind of started my career, Black Sex in the City. And so me, one of my friends and I, we just... I wrote this little script. I got the idea in the shower, wrote the script. My friend and I filmed it on my iPhone before brunch. I dropped it. And then, you know, the small amount of people who were following me at the time were like, we want more and more. Give us more. So I was like, oh, shit. OK, so they enjoy when I do this. It kind of was like me just testing things out and seeing what makes sense for me. And so then the web series, it turned out that people really enjoyed when I wrote like produced and acted and everything so that was when you know i really knew okay i enjoy doing this people enjoy me doing this i like the business end of this so that's when i started to really take it seriously invested in the camera started like shooting that web series on a rolling basis like i would write an episode then i would cast for it we would shoot it that weekend, you know, and they started out as one minute. And by the end of Black Sex in the City, nine months later, they were like six minutes long. By the time I was like releasing the episode and marketing it, I would write the next one and start producing the next one. And it was when doing that process, that's when I really knew like, okay, this is what I want to be doing full time. So at the top of 2019, I moved out here because uh, I wanted to be doing it in LA because I was conscious of the fact that New York wasn't completely aligning with me. So then that, you know, fast forward through some more things we'll probably talk about. And that led me to where we are today. So, so let's go back for a second, because, you know, I think a lot of people get into the mindset that you have to have it all figured out before you actually get into something. And even with this, it's like, I have to have this ring light. I have to have this whatever. I have to have these materials before I even jump into it. But reflecting back on what you were discussing, you wrote the script. It came to you in the shower. You wrote the script and you used your iPhone. You worked with what you had to really get things going. And through that, you were able to, as time progressed and as things started to move, you were able to invest in the things to take you up a notch. Yeah. And I think that's something that's a, a, an important point. So for all of my listeners, I want you to just hear that out. You have to sometimes, or most times, work with what you have. Don't try to, to step outside of your means. Don't try to step outside of what you're assigned to do at that moment. Because the reality is you have everything you need 
to get it started. Everything else will come and it's a side season at its assigned time, but you have to start somewhere. And sometimes we have to show up in order to get blessed up. And, and that's just the reality of what, what it is. Sometimes God will speak to you. Sometimes you will get that word and you have to be obedient to what it is that you're being told to do. So here he is in the shower, you know, getting his life together, getting right for whatever it was that he was getting right. And boom, an idea popped in his head. All right. He gets this idea. But I'm going to tell you what a lot of us do. We get ideas and then they stay there or we get ideas and then they don't go anywhere. And then we get mad when we see someone else with the same idea that's actually doing something with it or in the same field as us as, you know, we were given these gifts. We were given these things, but then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But you made the conscious decision like, uh uh-uh. I have to act on this. I don't know what this is about. I don't care if it's 50 seconds. You made it to a minute. And then before you knew it, you were starting the seeds and and planting the seeds for your empire. And now you went from being in New York. First of all, you went from Michigan to New York. Now you're in L.A. And I'm going to tell you another thing that comes up in a lot of conversations is, oh, I can't do L.A. It's too expensive. Oh, I can't do this. It's too expensive. So moving to L.A., how was that coming from New York? Um, so for me, I really, really loved it because of like the weather and the nature. Because one of the things that was hard on me is that like nature and being outside and just it sounds weird, but you know, being able to just talk to the trees and the sun and everything that really helps with my mental health. So it was really nice for me moving here in that way. And because I had the background in finance, I was able to just like start temping in finance to fund the things that I did now with my show Flip Flop, which now is going to be shooting its season one this year after getting picked up. I invested a lot of money into that when I first got here in L.A. But honestly, it was a more expensive experience when I first got here, because in New York, you know, you're paying thirty two dollars a week for transportation on the train. And then here in L.A., you know, automatically with it being all spread out and all the traffic, like things were more expensive for sure when I got here. And I could see why uh, L.A. can be a different type of grind when you want to come out here and then like, you know, be pursuing creative goals and balancing that with everything. And so it did get to the point right before the pandemic where actually and because this is, you know, can't stop, won't stop and everything. I was at the point where I was nearly feeling somewhat burnt out because it's like I was young and 24 and partying. I was working this finance job. I'm, you know, trying to do my show and, you know, get all of my things off of the ground so that I could be full time working in it all. And I was feeling like damn near burnt out because I would be, you know, maybe getting in from the club at like 6 a.m. And then trying to, you know, because I was allowing myself to have fun. But it was becoming hard to balance things right before the pandemic started. And then what ended up happening actually was I had just finished recently um, a temp senior financial analyst job at Paramount. And I was going to be starting a new job at Warner Brothers working in senior financial analyst also. But then the pandemic hit the next day after I got my offer. So, boom, unemployed. And at first I was like, oh, no, you know, this is horrible. What am I going to do? But, you know, then all the stimulus money started to hit. The unemployment started to hit. And it's like that literally bought me the time that it took then to now, you know, get everything to where I needed it. Like I was literally at a point where I didn't know what I was going to do because I had all these visions, all these plans, all these goals. But I didn't have the hours in the day 
And that was really where LA had taken me to. But, and I'm not saying I'm grateful for the pandemic, but I can honestly say that I don't know what exactly, you know, would have been able to come of everything without the change of pace and how things got to change. Cause it was kind of like they either wanted you to fully choose, like be all the way in finance or just, you know, work all of your creative shit out all the way. And so, you know, it was hard towing that line. Um, and cause the pandemic started right when I had been here a year. So yeah, it definitely was a, and it was a crazy journey because one month after getting to LA, you know, I'm enjoying myself. At first I didn't work the, cause I had saved up a little money. So the first month and a half I wasn't working, but then um, when the month and a half hit, then I started a new finance job. And the next day, my best friend uh, committed suicide and died from back home. And so then immediately I like quit that job. And honestly, it was a miracle that I didn't stop everything. But it was like no, the show and having the art and the things to pursue that all kept me going, like feeling like my friend, because he was definitely, you know, my biggest supporter in everything, uh, knowing that he would have wanted me to keep going. And he was the first person I told about the idea for flip flop when I got it, he was like, that's going to be gold run with that because that's going to, you know, be your ticket knowing that he would want me to keep going, kept me going. But, you know, I've had, I've had ups and downs for sure in that way. And so, yeah, the LA experience, you know, it's been a roller coaster in some ways, but things are going really well. And I'm grateful just that, you know, God just keeps on allowing me to not stop and moving forward. Cause I definitely have my points where it's like, you know, I don't even, this is a lot of work. It's a lot of energy, a lot of effort. And, you know, some days you just want to wake up and do nothing, say, fuck capitalism, be on your hippie shit. And, but, you know, can't stop, won't stop. You can't do that. Or else, like you said at the beginning of the episode, you won't reach your success. So, you know, that's so interesting because you, again, you saying so much more that you probably don't even realize that you're saying. And I, I, I'm going to keep highlighting these things because here you are in finance, but you're also trying to do your creative, um, find your creative side and working on that. And here you are with a job offer, Paramount. You're, you're naming big companies that are still in the entertainment field. Yet you're talking about doing things on a finance end when, you know, sometimes if you take a step back, it may have not been meant for you to work in that atmosphere because maybe you're going to have to sign another kind of deal with those companies once you get everything in order and once you really start elevating to a new project level, a new creative level. And so it's, it's so crazy to me and just sitting back and hearing your story. And y'all know, I did not hear his story before we started talking. I go on a whim. I just go off of energy and I'm like, I know it's going to be something good. And that's something that this podcast is all about, pulling the positivity from whatever situation is ahead of you or that you're dealing with or that you've been through. So that way you can launch forward. So with that being said, here you are. And you have these jobs at these big companies that have everything to do with what you're doing, but nothing to do with your with what you're trying to do at that moment. So right. it's kind of crazy, but it's still a blessing because you the doors are open. They were open in one room, but now it's time to kick them down in another. So here you are in a foreign place and having to find your way. You're dealing with loss, which a lot of us you know deal with. You're dealing with financial struggle, which a lot of us deal with, and you're hitting, getting hit left and right. And of course, your mental health, I, that plays on that. And you're getting knocked out. Exactly. You're getting hit Literally. 
they're coming at you like Muhammad Ali coming at his opponents, all right? Knocking you slapped out. up. It was, it was crazy. And yet you decided that you had to keep on going, no matter what it felt like or looked like. So for those who are listening and watching, for those who are paying attention, if you really want it, no one's going to do it for you. You have to go get it. And it's going to take some late nights. It's going to take some early mornings. It's going to take some tears. It's going to take some breakdowns. It's going to take some sacrifices. It's going to take getting super uncomfortable with your life and what it looks like and starting to understand Ooh. that that is just what it is to get where you want to go. But if it is for you, it will happen. Weapons will always form. That's just what this world is. It's filled with loaded weapons. But if you know what I know, if you know what I know, they will not prosper as long as you're being obedient to what it is that you're supposed to do right now in your life in this season. But we want to have excuses. We want to say, oh, just like Filet had a loss. I, I lost this person. It's, I'm not saying it. Grieve. Do what you got to do, but then you have to get back up and get at it. Do what's required. Do what is necessary. Realize that when you grieve, you also have to, unfortunately, take that energy and, 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 and put it back into what it is that you're supposed to do. Because if you're grieving this much over someone, I'm sure that person wanted to see you win, had an impact in your life. And the worst thing that you can do is check out completely on what it is that it is that you're supposed to be doing when you know that that person was rooting for you. I am years later still coping with the loss of my grandmother. I'm coping with the loss during this pandemic and everything with my uncle, people who have been very instrumental where I am today. But I know that if I don't continue if I don't keep moving in the way that I'm moving, at the end of the day, everything that they put into me, all those memories, all the, the sacrifices that that made for me, they will be in vain. And I refuse to allow that to happen because they saw something in me and they, they made me realize that I had to see something in me. So with all of that being said, Filet, I want to zone in a little bit on your whys. And, and when I say that, like everyone has a why or people, you know, may not have a why, but they develop whys. And I like to say that your whys can always change. As you elevate, as you grow, I feel like your why does change, but your why has to be enough to pull you out of bed in the morning. Your why has to be enough to keep you going. Your why has to be enough to say, I don't care what's thrown at me. I will overcome this. So I know you mentioned that one of your whys on moving forward with the flip-flop series and keeping it going was the loss of your best friend. But what is that your only why? What is your rooted why on why you just can't stop? I just, gosh, I, I would say there's multiple. I mean, one my personality is the type where like if i really decide that something is like aligned with me it's what my purpose is in that moment the way my drive is i don't like to stop until i like i don't really like to accept failure 
if I'm going after something, I'm like, no, I'm very much so a by any means necessary within, of course, my values, my morals, everything, you know, my whole system, but very much so, uh, you know, this is why I'm at this moment here on this earth. When I wake up in the morning, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I have got to see through what God has, you know, blessed me to be able to do. And when it comes to the art and things that I make, what's really important for me is I want people to feel good. Like I want to make feel good things that people either see themselves in or just can like have fun with. Like even with the dancing videos, for example, like I am not a dancer. I'm not good at it. Part of the reason why I'm like, even though I am definitely not a dancer, I'll still do them is because, you know, people will reach out and be like, oh, you know, you just, you know, help me feel good. You give me like a little bright part of my day, you know, or just let me know that, you know, we can just have fun and stuff in life. And that's another one of my big whys. I, one of the biggest things I advocate is for people just focusing on having fun with life, mm -hmm. like focusing on doing what's fun. Even when it comes to being on sets, like it's very, very important for me with any project where, you know, it is my project and I'm in control of the set. For me, the why we're there is to have a good time and make something that can be a great memory for everybody involved. Like, I would rather not do a project than be doing a project of mine that like, you know, has a horrible energy and like just has everybody kind of like miserable on set. Like I, and I know that there's a lot of people who do not care about how people feel while, you know, on set and stuff like that. Cause you know, it can be stressful. I'm somebody who really does. Like, I don't know if it's just because, you know, I'm a cancer and I just feel all sensitive to everybody's energies, but it's like, I like for the, this is hours of our life. Anybody who is working with you, creating anything with you, watching any of your work, they are sacrifice. I won't say sacrificing, but they are dedicating time and energy to that. And I really like for if anybody is going to be dedicating any energy to anything surrounding me, I just want it to be, you know, them feeling love and light and happiness. And if they don't feel that from being around or anything like that, then, you know, that's also, of course, not everyone is always going to. But for me, I just, I my why is making people feel good. So even when I first dropped Black Sex in the City, like I said, I was not somebody who grew up like, oh, I definitely want to be an actor. You know, I want to be a personality or like anything like that. That just wasn't really on my mind at all because I was going the business route. I didn't expect to really be doing these things. But when I was dropping the things and like people would be like, you know, messaging me, letting me know how they saw themselves in it or how it made them feel good or something like that. Those are the things that make me like I'm almost doing a lot of the stuff I do like more so for others because this wasn't necessarily what I planned on doing. It was when people started being like, you know, we need this. We don't have, you know, because we only have so much black gay representation. Like, I feel like it's important for us to have every single one of us, not just me, but like, you know, anybody like the For the Boys people and, you know, like all of the different black gay creators who are just helping people feel seen and feel good. We need that. And so for me in particular, now getting to one of the big whys for me is helping spread love with the black gay community. Because when I grew up, I did not have black gay friends. I didn't have a lot of because I was in the closet till I was like almost 20. I didn't have um, really just that many gay people around like at school there might be one or two on the tv wouldn't see many on my sports teams you know there wouldn't be anybody out not even one person and it's like when i graduated and started immersing myself into the black gay spaces especially when i moved to new york and even just on social media meeting people through there some who i've never met in real life the impact that that has all had on me 
is also the impact that I want to be able to continue to have on others because everybody is at different places in their journey when it comes to, unfortunately, you know, their identity and everything. So with Flip Flop, it's very important for me to be able to represent that journey that a lot of us go through because I didn't get that growing up. You know, we, in a lot of ways, the world is growing and I'm grateful for that. We have the little Nazis now, we have Santanas now. Who in the world could we point to like that from 20 years ago? You know, there wasn't really many, there were not many people and there weren't many just visible sources of that just black gay joy and stuff. So that is what, you know, a lot of my why is just being black gay joy. You know, interesting that you brought that up because, you know, um, a lot of my listeners and everything um, are very spiritually inclined. And, you know, of course, we all face these things. And I before I ask you this question, I want to go back to something that you said. And one of the things that you said is what you're doing, you were not necessarily planning on doing or didn't see yourself doing. And importantly, when you do it, it's more so not even for you. And that's the thing about purpose. And that's the thing about when you know it's God ordained. Because it's not about you, but yet it's still making an impact and making a difference. It's not what you thought it would be, but you're still on this path because you know it's been assigned to you and you're being dedicated to that. And so one of the questions I want to ask, and I know you know some of my listeners and, and watchers now are probably like, oh, you really uh, just don't even, what you doing this season? Um, but we're going to keep it real like we always did. It's just, you know, I feel like I used to be like, put a filter on things because of just my life and those kind of things, even though I know my life is what it is for a reason. So I can inspire and I can and help people and do all that. And only can do that from what I go through. I, I can't talk about nothing I've never been through. So um, with all that being said, you know, faith is a major part of why I do what I do. And I can just tell it's a major part of and, and a major influence on why you do what you do. Um, but how does that work for you being a gay black male and then balancing faith when you still have a lot of people, have a lot of people who still can't even see how that works? You know what I'm saying? Still want to be a little judgmental. Now, I always have said this. I always go back to this. One sin is not greater than the other. And I also go back to when you judge what you're sinning. So that goes back to my other saying. (laughs) You are supposed to operate in love all the way around. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah. Okay. So How do you balance the challenges of faith and your sexuality? Or is it just not even a thought for you? Yes. So growing up, you know, that was the huge thing for me. It was like, oh, my God, like I'm, you know, constantly it's like, oh, am I going to go to hell? Am I going to go to hell? Like that was the fear growing up. And then I think the longer that I've just, you know, been alive and lived life and experienced my very, you know, close and personal and unique relationship with God, the more that I don't, if like, I don't put any emphasis on any specific, like, you know, work in text and things like that when it comes to faith, like of the words of the Bible, like, are there 
just Christian prayers that, you know, I say every day, yes. But when it comes to, you know, the whole breakdown of, oh, like this is a sin and all of that, I don't even personally think that way anymore. Like I had to just get to the point where I'm like, my relationship with God is so personal and distinct that it's like he would never put me on this earth and, you know, have me just destined for something horrible because I also, you know, I'm very, the more we even educate ourselves, the more we know that, you know, the words in the Bible were manipulated by man. You know, that was, those were ancient words and people over time, there were different things that were like edited out. Like I remember learning that, you know, originally there's many people who say it actually was more pedophilia that was in there and not homophobia or not, you know, just in general being homo homosexual. I kept saying homophobia. I'm thinking so much about the baby situation. I'm like homophobia, but no homosexuality and all of that. I just truthfully, my beliefs are that we are not destined for the bad things that everything, you know, was telling us growing up. So I really just don't think about it now. When I wake up every day, it's not even a thought that crosses my mind anymore. When as a kid, that was, you know, the big stress because especially I grew up in Detroit and while it's the blackest city in America, it's also such a church town that it's one of the most homophobic cities in America too. So I was very nervous about all this as a kid. And now like I talk to God every single day and I'm just like, I don't, so I'm like, I don't even worry about, I just, I kind of shelter myself from what the world thinks. I'm like, look, as long as I am in my bubble and, you know, in my bubble, we're doing great. You know, I got people who are accepting and people who are not bigots and people who are supportive of me and I'm supportive of them. Like, I guess what I'm saying is I'm very much so the type of person who deals with all the craziness of the world by over time, I've created a certain bubble and that's just what I focus in. Like, I don't I don't really let the homophobia of the world get to me on a daily basis. Like, it, it has to be somebody. Like, I've had situations where past friends or people who I thought were friends, then, you know, some of their views kind of surfaced. And I realized that some of those people closer to me actually had some problematic views. I've had those situations, and that's the type of stuff that can affect me. But the world and all that, it just it can't even affect me anymore. I'm just I've gotten past that point and I'm very grateful because I wasn't here 15, you know, even how old am I? Even 10 years ago, I'm sure I was not here as a high schooler. I definitely wasn't. But, you know, I just had to get to the point where I tunneled in and I'm like, look, God blesses me. God does the same things he does for gay people that he does for everybody else. We aren't just out here living some, you know, horrible, you know, just unblessed lives. Like God works for us every day. And so I'm like, look, I know God, just like, you know, God and everybody else does. So whoever feels whatever way they feel and make their assumptions, that's just honestly their business. That's how I feel. That's their business, not mine. Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. And, and I get that. And that's something that I had to overcome and, and really yeah get into the point of being yeah. like, listen, if this is what I'm called to do, I'm going to do it. And what I've learned is God has told me, look, what I have assigned you to do, not everybody's going to understand because not everybody is meant to. But those who are meant to be touched by what I have you doing will be touched. Those who are assigned to the mission will be assigned. Those who are meant to be released will be released. But you still have to do what you have to do. You cannot stop and you won't stop because it is all set up for you to be successful. Once you stop, this whole thing falls apart. But I'm not going to let that happen. I've gone before you. I will go with you and I will go behind you. But you will be victorious. 
the battle is mine, but I need you to do your part. So I just always wanted to, you know, ask others this question and bring it to the light and on the platform. And and like I know everybody doesn't have to agree with anything. Um, This is based on our opinions, our perspectives. And if I lost listeners and viewers, guess what? I don't care. My truth is my truth. And I appreciate everybody who tunes in. I appreciate those who do all of that. But I also want people to understand that there is a reality to religion. There is a reality to faith. There's a reality to a relationship with God. There's a reality to your existence here on this earth. But that's a journey that you have to go on. However, you have to be willing to do what it takes and do what is necessary and make those steps to get to where you have to go. So, (laughs) but yeah, so what we're going to do now is, okay, so we've, we've gone on a journey, right, with you, and we have settled into why you keep doing what you do and all of that. So where I want to go next with you is what is it that LA has taught you most? Um about you. Question. About me? Yes. I would say let me think. One thing I would say is that, well, just kind of retaught me how creative and persevering I am because I feel that my creative juices have just really had the freedom to be able to flow. And it's taken a lot of perseverance when it comes to the business end and just like crafting my whole career and path. Like when I was in New York, I just, I wasn't exactly sure where I was going to, you know, how I was going to take things, where I was going to take them what type of creative things I would be able to think of because then I knew I wanted to do this, but I wasn't sure exactly, you know, what my path was going to be, honestly. And so I guess LA has been affirming of my creativity. And that's why I wanted to come here because I, my business skills and everything, I had already felt very affirmed in, but now being able to come to LA where, you know, there is so much in general, you know, just competition in a way. And, you know, just a lot of people doing the same thing and still have people really, champion my creative ideas and really feel impacted by them, it has helped me to know that, okay, Philip, you are for sure, for sure, creative and innovative and able to adapt business-wise and figure out, you know, how to strategize with the different creative visions. Because when I was in New York and doing Black Sex in the City, um, because I just in general hadn't done other many other creative things of my own yet, I was like, all right, how long will I be able to do this? You know, how long will I be able to come up with new cool ideas and what will I be able to do with them? So I guess LA has been affirming in that, you know, it has allowed me to move forward in my creativity and continue to grow and just kind of surprise myself in ways that I didn't even expect. So I guess that's what I would, the main thing I would say. I needed a lot of creativity and that's why I was excited to come here because with it being hot year round, you know, I feel the freedom to be creative and like if I want to shoot something or do something outside, you know, I feel so much freedom to do any of the visions any time of year. So my next question would be, on your journey to this current day, what has it taught you about your relationship with God? 
Um, my journey to this day has taught me that in general, I'm just very much so, like I said earlier, I live in a bubble where all that really matters is me and my voice with God. Like I talk to God every single day. I have my certain affirmation prayers and words that I say every day. And it's, it's definitely just taught me that I, nothing really can stop me. Like even on my worst days that I have the power to just channel into the love that God provides us to create my future. Like when working, when we meet God halfway, and I already knew this and I've had experiences with this ever since childhood. So I would just say LA has been just a constant reaffirmation of the fact that when I get very intentional and tunnel into exactly what I know I want to be doing, that nothing really can stop me. What is, I don't know if I want to say this or if I want to go ahead and go there, but I think I'm going to take a moment and, 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 and save it. So for all of those people who told you you couldn't do it, who didn't believe in the gifts that God gave you, for those who just were against you, in your most humbling, humbling way, what would be your message for them right now? Hmm. My message for them right now would be that I have always, you know, I've just always known exactly where things were going to go. So, you know, I still, I don't have any, honestly, I don't hang on to any, like, I don't think I necessarily had many people tell me, oh, you know what, actually, I did have early on, there were some, there was this potential investor who backed out because of then my sexuality and because I was gay. So yeah, I would say that, you know, the world is changing and that in general, you know, you got to either get with the LGBTQ movement or, you know, you're just going to be upset because people like Lil Nas, like I was just looking at tweets today. He's like, he doesn't know if people are more upset that he's gay or that he's gay and still successful. And I would say that my message is that, yeah, you, whatever your thoughts or your suspicions or fears or anything are with when it comes to black gay people succeeding, um, they don't matter because honestly, the sky's the limit and the world's only going to continue to change in our favor. So that's what I would say, because I did run into a couple of, the, of those situations early on and they did discourage me um, in the moment and make me feel away. And I like snapped out of it pretty quickly, but I did have some discouraging moments like that early on where I'm like, well, dang, okay, well, there isn't that much representation. So is this going to be possible? And so I would say, you know, to those people, you know, you missed out on some opportunities for sure by not believing in, you know, just the vision of black gay people continuing to just own our power because we're only going to continue to get more and more um, empowered with ourselves. So. All right. So we've gotten a taste of your journey. Of course, we didn't get your whole journey because, you know, we will be here forever. But I'm going to go ahead and move into our next segment, which is just a word of advice. So with that being said, for all the people who are listening and watching, Filet, I just what would be some advice? What would be some advice that you have for those who want to pursue something, but they're stuck for those who are getting in their own way, for those who just 
can't seem to figure out their next move? My advice would be just honestly, and this is going to sound like Nike, but you have just got to do whatever you want to do. You can't wait to feel like all of the pieces are in place. You can't wait to feel like, you know, you're the most prepared or you have the most resources possible because a lot of the things that have moved my career forward, I would have missed out on if I didn't move as instinctively and quickly as I did. Cause I really trust my instincts when it comes to a lot of things. And like, for example, the flip-flop um, pilot premiere tour that ended up getting it picked up, that all happened right before the pandemic. And I had a point because, you know, in some ways I was like, oh shoot, did I rush this? Like, should I have just taken a lot of more months to prepare and stuff? But if the pandemic would have shut me down or like before I got to do that pilot premiere tour, flip-flop really is what has propelled my career forward so much. Without me having done what I did, and if I would have taken way more time, then I would have been very significantly delayed with not being able to leave the house last year. And so you're going to, in some ways, have to get used to there being imperfections at every stage. There's, you're not going to start off perfect. You're not going to start off with, you know, 100% the vision that you want to end with, but you've got to start somewhere because honestly, I think that fortune favors the bold and I wouldn't say rush everything that you do completely, but like trust your instincts. Don't overthink things too much. Like think hard about things, but don't overthink it so much that you're delaying and allowing yourself to procrastinate and doubt yourself and then delay yourself for years and years, because then you'll look back and be like, dang, I could have just been like, boom, let me do this. Cause there's some things that in the moment, like even with black sex in the city that I used to be like, huh, maybe I should have just, you know, moved slower or what if, cause you know, there's, some people who I would get some advice from and they'd be like, oh, well, maybe you want to do this and like take this whole year to do that or something. And I was like very resistant to their advice at times. And sometimes I'll be like, dang, was I making the wrong move? Like, were they right? But honestly, when I look back now and see everything that happened, I'm grateful for all the times I just was bold and trusted my instincts because, you know, you'd learn by doing. And so just know that life is going to always be school and that you don't always, you won't always, this is one of the things that my best friend told me just the other week, because, you know, I'm even always still working on this. You are not always going to get an A plus on every single thing you do in life, like post school, like everything you do. Sometimes you might get a B plus. Sometimes you might get a B. Sometimes you get an A minus. Sometimes a B minus. Sometimes a C plus. But as long as you're at least doing something and making sure you're at least doing it with a passing good grade then that's really all that you need. You don't always have to be perfect, but you do have to show up. All right. So I'm, I'm with that completely. Um, if I had to add anything to what you're saying or just, just a word of advice for those who are listening with this can't stop, won't stop, just that you can't stop. You have to refuse to stop. If God has given it to you, if it's in everything, if it's in your dreams, if it's waking you up at night, if it's something that you can't stop thinking about, then stop delaying it and just go for what it is with the mindset that I can't stop and I won't stop and realize that, and you know, I always self-quote this because this is what it is. This came to me is on paper, realize that you may not be qualified and that is okay. But in your purpose, you are overqualified. You have everything you need. God has set the room. He's just waiting for you to enter. Yep. Stop delaying 
your destiny because of things like fear, what other people may think, oh, stop it. If it was given to you, walk with it. Be obedient and understand that it may not happen overnight. But if you sow the right seeds and you're obedient, you take the right steps that you're ordered to take, your harvest will come, your breakthrough will come. So with all of that being said, your purpose has no identity. It's God-given, and what man taketh, God can provide. So with all that being said, you just have to have the mindset that you can't stop and you won't stop until you get to your final destination. So we're going to go ahead and, and start to wrap this episode up. You know, it's got a little deep at some points, but I... Like I said, like it's a reality, you know, you can't stop, won't stop. We all go through things and we all grow through things, but it's your mentality and 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 your responses and your, your perspective on life that makes the difference. If you fail and you say this is a failure, that's it, then that's all you're going to have. If you right. fail and say this was a lesson, then you have the ability to get out there and do something greater. You just won't do it the same way. That's a win for me. Mm-hmm. So. Give yourself some more wins. Take pride in your small wins and and let it add up to the point where you don't exalt exalted all the other options that you have no choice but to try that thing that's going to work for you. So, woof, gonna wrap all that up and let's go ahead and move into. Where is filet? So when I say where is filet. I want to know how can people find you? How can people reach you? Um, maybe some projects that you have going on that people can support. So this is your moment to share all of that. Okay, cool. Well, you can find me on Instagram at at Philae. So P-H-I-L-A-Y-E. On Twitter, well, you know, I'm currently going through a temporary little suspension because of some, you know, some TikTok music copyright. So you can find me at Philae Film on Twitter. Uh, on YouTube, Philae Films, uh, website, filetfilms.com, um, TikTok, at Philae. And yeah, if you go to those bios on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, you'll see the projects, some of the projects that are in the works, because not all of them have a page. But yeah, those are some of the places you can find me. And you can shoot me an email if you want to collab. You'll find that on the pages. And yeah. All right. And also, if you are looking and you're like, wait, I didn't catch all that or I have to catch that when I get home, you can always visit the website. And I have all the information that you need to know on how to connect with Philae, um, get on his schedule. That's all I got to say about that. Um, But uh, yeah, so as we wrap this up, before we go into our last segment, just a reminder to make sure you keep up with what we got going on with me and get your positivity. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram at it's Harold Keith, Facebook, he's Harold Keith. And if you want to know a little bit more, you can go ahead and shoot an email info at itsharoldkeith.com. And then also the website where you can get all of this. And of course, if you're viewing this, you're already here. So tune in to the next episode at, of course, www.itsharoldkeith.com. And 
as we wrap up this episode, before I go into this final segment, I just want to give a special thank you to you, of course, Filet, for joining us and sharing just a sample of your story. It goes a long way. And for just being transparent with us and just being authentically who you are unapologetically, because that goes a long way. I will hope that our listeners and our viewers make sure that they keep living unapologetically and living according to what it is that they're supposed to be doing. Um, and with that being said, I have one more question for you and I promise we're going to wrap this on up and that will be our song of the episode. So the question is, <clears throat> if you could name one song to be your theme song in life, what would it be? My theme song would be Ways by Janae Iko. That's W.A.Y.S. So Why Aren't You Smiling by Janae Iko. I just love her sold out album. Uh, she just, I love how she sings about, you know, things other than just love and, you know, money and success and stuff like that. She just really breaks down life. Like, why aren't you smiling? You know, I just, I really enjoy the way that she talks about positivity and it really goes with this podcast and just in general, something that has just impacted me ever since uh, college when the album came out. And yeah, I just love the song. It's good vibes. It just reminds you that it is a miracle for us to even be here as humans. Like what even is the human experience? You know what I mean? Like it's a miracle for our souls to be wherever we are. So like, why aren't we just smiling and happy to have whatever blessings we do have in the moment, you know, instead of thinking about, you know, all the negative things or, you know, whatever we might stress about, like, why aren't we just smiling, enjoying the day? So I like to listen to it in the shower or just, you know, whenever just to, feel good and be like nothing matters except being happy so all right well with that being said we're gonna go ahead we're gonna wrap up this episode and we are going to take a listen right now Just to 
walked up to my door Opened the windows to my soul Told me he think that I should know that Life only gets harder But you gotta get stronger This is for my brother I do this for my daughter That's why I keep going 